0: Hey, guys. Welcome back. Let's take a break with Stephen. Stephen Seamus.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Alex, I see you're still in your bunker. Yes. You're hiding out.
0: Yes, for a few more weeks.
1: You're still in the Witness Protection Program, I see. Yes. Can't let anybody find you. <laughs> All right. So, so this week, Alex, we're going to do part... Two, but I will tell you, we yes. realized we had so much goodness yeah. that this is going to be a multi-parter, yeah. so there's probably going to be a third part to this.
0: Yeah, maybe fourth. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll Who talk knows, about right? this for the next six weeks. Probably not. I'm <laughs> uh, not, probably not, probably not, probably <laughs> not Probably not. All right, so, so we left off with
1: the Frank Miller Daredevil run, yep. and now we're going to pick up 1980, October of 1980, and we're going to pick up with DC Comics Presents number 26. This is the first appearance of the new Teen Titans, mm-hmm. which, again, they've done a lot of stuff with. It's a Jim Starlin cover. Mm-hmm. It's, there are two 9.9s again, Alex. We talked about this last time. There's a few 9.9s floating around there. God even knows what those are going to sell People
0: for. People were definitely collecting in this era. They knew sure. they saw comics were starting to – Golden Age and Silver Age books were starting to come up in value. People knew to collect them.
1: Correct. And there's 426 9.8s and it's about a $700 book. Now talk about the new Titans is it, is it the Titans that we see on TV uh, from the CW it, it, you know what which iteration are we seeing right
0: now? Yeah, and funny about this this book is not supposed to be about the Titans. This book is a DC Comics present. I think Green Lantern and Superman are on the cover. They're a, it's a backup feature. It's an extra pages in the back. So it's it's funny because it's, they're on the cover like, oh, check out this cool little Teen Titans thing in the back. But that's what it is. It's a supplement to it. Um, but yes, these are the Teen Titans, the Cyborg, Raven, you know, Robin and Wonder Girl. I mean, these are the ones that we know, Starfire, these are the ones that are in the TV show, are in Teen Titans Go, are in pretty much any entertainment iteration these are the titans it's pretty good that you remembered all that Alex. i'm, yeah. I'm impressed yeah. yeah i didn't well, you know, have to look you, at my notes <laughs> you know you know alex you're smarter than you look smarter i know than i you get look. that a lot
1: thank you <laughs> <laughs> all right so now we move on to a book that we've talked about before so we won't spend too much time on uh it's going to be a cartoon uh devil dinosaur number one mm. april of 1978 first appearance of devil dinosaur it's about a 225 dollars book today probably Giant. should be more yeah. It's a jack kirby cover uh, there's one 9.9. There's 297 9.8. I don't know how that book is not more. It's a classic yeah, Kirby. It needs cover. to be bought.
0: If you see them out there 9.8 for 200 bucks, buy it now.
1: The red dinosaur. I mean, you can't. I the mean, monkey that
0: issue. riding its back with a bone. Yeah. I mean, again, how,
1: how did Kirby know? Like, how did, like, <sighs> yeah. again, when he was drawing it, did he know what he. Gen- geniuses aren't self aware, I don't think. I don't he think. I so? just do. I what mean, he like, do. like, did he know that we were going to be looking at that cover 40 years later saying that is a masterpiece? Then the next one is a very very interesting one. First appearance of Madame Xanadu mm-hmm. in a book called "Doorway to Nightmare Number One." Yeah, it's from January slash February of 1978. There are only 34 9.8s. It's only about a 550 dollars book, and it's a Michael Kaluta cover. Oh, and Michael's work is great, especially in that in that in that genre yeah. of stuff. Why is that book not more? I mean, the Xanadu character is going to be. It,
0: in, in a film soon, correct? Yeah, yeah. She, she'll be in Dark, Justice League Dark. Um, she's, she does show up in the Swamp Thing TV show, which was short-lived on DC, but I believe CW picked it up. Um, you know, not a big character, but a pretty good character. in it. And, you know, as a Swamp Thing side character, she does show up in a lot of his stuff. Uh, definitely Justice League Dark. She'll definitely be in the movie. Uh, you're right, it, it should be more. And this book, I think the reason why it is as high now why and it will go higher is it's just very scarce this yeah. is you know you know it's the first appearance of swamp thing isn't in swamp thing number 1 or superman number 1 it's it's in these horror comics like the witching hour and house of mystery you know they're nobody really expected these characters to kind of take off as they did so this is definitely a book that's worth money but buy it now because as soon as she becomes in the movie, it's going to go right? much uh, total, totally agree. Yeah. So, so
1: the next book is an interesting one. It's one of the most popular independent series of all time. Wendy, Wendy and Richard Peeney. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they, the first appearance of Elfquest yeah. was Fantasy Quarterly number one in spring of 1978. Try to find the copy raw. Like Get
0: 10? About. I mean, they, they yeah. just make them in their garage? Yeah. yeah.
1: There are 56 9.8s. It's about a $1,000 book. I will tell you, it's one of those series, almost like Ninja Turtles, in the sense that, like, how did, not like the Ninja Turtles in that sense, but it's like, how did they not blow up? How did yeah. ElfQuest not become a TV, a, a, a franchise? How did that, and it could still become a franchise. Yeah, totally. today. And you would think that with all the, the films that were coming out, you know, wh- where you had, um, you know, Warwick Davis was, you know, Hello. the Ewok had yeah. all, all these films
0: coming out. Yeah. Like, how did ElfQuest not blow up? I don't know. The only thing I can think of is we love Ninja Turtles as a nation and they're huge. But if you read the first 10 issues of Ninja Turtle and then watch the first cartoon, they are absolutely nothing alike. And that's because when you sell your property, you, you give it to somebody else and they can do whatever they want with it. I mean, you do have a lot of say, but, I, you know, I think uh, Richard and Wendy really love these characters. They're, it's their creation. They don't want to see them taken and, and you know, uh, turned into super adult TV show or super kitty cartoon. They want it to be, they'll hold the same values that the books do. So I, I feel like they probably have a lot more sense that like they're doing okay monetarily. They don't need to cash it in, but you know, it is definitely a property waiting to be picked up. Right. And then the next
1: character is an interesting one because the character was popular when I was younger. You know, there were a few characters that were really, really popular Alex when I was younger, whether it was, Watching Super Friends, Jan and Zayna, whether it was watching, you know, you know certain things like, like um, Iceman. I remember Iceman mm-hmm. from Marvel was on all the Marvel cartoons. And you're like, yeah. how come Iceman never became a big character, right? Like, right. I remember those characters when I was a kid and I was like, and I love those cartoons. And yeah. I was like, Iceman should be like a huge character, right? And, and to me, the next one that we're going to talk about, Firestorm, is, is one of those characters. Firestorm, Nuclear Man number one in March of seventy-eight. First appearance of Firestorm. There's only sixty-four nine point eight. It's only a seven hundred fifty dollars book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an Al milgram cover. He's worked on a lot of these books in the Bronze you know. Age. Very, very popular artist. Uh, why did Firestorm never take off? Like, why is he not part of whatever is the revolution of the film and TV franchise is going? I don't on?
0: know. I mean, he was he was in he was in Arrow. He was Robbie Amell's character. But I mean, it was like first season, a little bit of second season, and then gone. You know, it's it's weird because it's such a neat character. Uh, you know, the 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 one you see in Arrow is not the one you see in Heroes uh, of tomorrow, uh the 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 subsequent TV show, um where it's another Firestone, the Jason Roush one. Um, but I mean this is this is this was DC's answer to Spider-Man, the young kid superhero trying to deal with life and and you know being a superhero plus he he forms with a scientist to make this to make this hero who's talking to him at you know trying to make things out of thin air you know trying to you know atoms and stuff like that it's a wacky it's a wacky like way to think of a superhero but it's it was a really fun book i I don't know why it's not bigger um i mean there's definitely uh, you know the guy's head's on fire Maybe, maybe that was hard to do in the 90s and 80s unless it was a cartoon but now now we have the technology
1: Right, right, right. I hear what you're saying. So the next book is an interesting one because it was a hit right out of the box, right out of the gate, based on the uh, the Hasbro toy line, GI Joe number one, yeah. June of '82, written by our friend Larry Hammer, mm-hmm. the legend. Uh, it's about a $550 book in '98. There's actually three '99s. Nine there are 598 '98s. That book was collected as soon as it came out. That book yeah. was collected and held and and preserved right away. GI Joe was a huge, huge toy line. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you collect those toys when you were a kid? Oh yeah, or? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think that yeah. was sort of a staple in every kid's toy collection with the GI
0: Joe. Yeah, <laughs> whether whether they're the twelve inches or the the little three and three three quarters. Yeah, I, I like, like the
1: little Army Men because you would yeah. set up the armies. Yeah, you know, like the little the little guys. Yeah, the, those are the ones. And remember, you know, back then the Star Wars figures were three and three quarters also. Yeah. So that that was sort of the normal. That was considered the normal size back yeah. then. You were like. You know, sometimes you would get those big figures and be like, no, that's not the right size. Yeah, you know, it's kid, too big. Right, as a kid, you don't know because your Star Wars figures are playing with your G.I. Joe's. Like, you're not, you're not processing. They're interchangeable.
0: That. You can put G.I. Joe's and Star Wars, Star Wars right. and G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of
1: course. You, you wouldn't know anything when you were a kid. So that, that one was, was huge right out of the box. The next one is a monster. It's one of the monster of all monsters. It's a Gil Kane cover. This book has been homaged hundreds of times this one was the, 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 big, the big release of the, of the 70s. Summer of 1975, giant size X-Men number one comes out. The first new X-Men, Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Thunderbird, and of course Wolverine, and it's also Wolverine's second appearance. Mm-hmm. There are 184 9.8s. There are 362 9.6s. We're going to go a little bit further. There are 535 9.4s. 9.8s will set you back about 20 grand, which is why I wanted to go a little bit deeper. Yeah. 9.6s are a little bit less than half at about $9,000 and 9.4s sell for about $6,500. That was a seminal moment, right? Oh, yeah. What, Huge what, what caused this new team and why, why was this new team so popular right out of the gate? Boom. Like, like what happened? What, what was going on during that era? What, what happened with that where all of a sudden, boom, right out of the era?
0: Yeah, I mean, X-Men, when it launched, was a very popular title. But then sales started dipping. And then towards the end of the original Silver Age run, before you got Giant Size, they were just reprinting old issues because it, it just wasn't doing it anymore. And it essentially was canceled. Um, this was the way to bring them back, you know, giving the reins to Chris Claremont uh, and John Byrne and you know all these guys, Terry Austin, and all these guys that did all the X-Men books. But this was humongous because... It changed the team completely. They killed off the original X-Men. It was just Cyclops and and, and Professor the other guys got killed. They're they're gone. And, and here's some new guys. And they were you know, you know one was a Russian. This is this is the '70s and '80s. One was a Russian character. I mean, Wolverine did not want to – He had a bad attitude. He didn't want to be there. You know, Nightcrawler was a very nice guy. You know, he became a, becomes a preacher. You know, this is in Storm. It, it, it's the x-men so it's diversity i mean you know these were hunted hunted people because of who they were i mean that that was a big thing in the 60s when x-men 1 came out i mean of course they're going to have it so now you have this big diverse comic plus it was a a great great story and then sunspot quits like, like after the team after the after this episode after this issue he's just like i, I don't want to be here anymore
1: i will tell you that nightcrawler appearance in the Oval Office was one of the great opening scenes of any of the superhero films. Uh, That that was an incredible, I mean, you have to think back at the time and the technology and and what was happening. That scene, when when, when you opened that movie with that scene, it was like, whoa, like you you couldn't believe what was going on. Yeah. You You almost couldn't believe your eyes. So the next, one, next book is interesting because it was in favor, out of favor, back in favor. It sort of had this sort of roller coaster of a ride. Howard the Duck, number one, January of 76, a uh, film with Leah Thompson. It was sort of a funny, silly kind of a film. There are 79 9.8s. It's only about a $500 book for a character that, quite frankly, even though it hasn't had a lot of stuff happen with the character over a lot of years. You say Howard the Duck and people know who you're talking about. You yeah, know, it's one of those characters where it's like, it, it's, yeah. not, it's not an obscure character, mm-hmm. but it's still only 500 bucks. Is it just because
0: it's silly? It's hokey, Alex? What's, what's the story with that? I mean, Howard the Duck, take it what you will. You either love him or you don't care. You know, I'm a big Howard the Duck fan. I, I love that movie. I mean, that was a Robert Zemeckis, you know, you know uh, George Lucas had a hand in it. Like, this was, this was Back to the Future Star Wars guy's movie. It got panned. I, I love the movie. I thought it was phenomenal. I love Leah Thompson. Um, but I think it's one of those characters that whether they use it in the movies anymore, Who was, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was the side character. I mean, it was funny. It
1: was good. So, it was a good
0: you know, uh, whether they use it or not, or if they turn it into a cartoon, which I think it would be a great, like, kind of adult cartoon, like, you know, maybe a p- past primetime adult animated show. But, I mean, he's just fun. It's just such a fun character.
1: Right. All right. So b- before we go to the next book, which is the, the, the mother of all books, which is a companion book to the giant size X-Men number one, it's going to be your favorite part of the show, Alex. Love it. I know your ears, are, your ears, poked up, your eyes opened up. That's
0: it. Stuff yep. Stuff I'm, now ready? I'm excited for the show.
1: Now you're excited. Okay. Alex, are you ready? Yes. I- I'm like the Tommy Lee of podcasts, by the way.
0: <laughs> Do it. You like
1: them? Okay. Yeah. All right. You ready? It's Alex's pick of the week. What do you got for us, Alex?
0: Woo. So we're going to keep talking about promo books. Um, you know, like I said in the last episode, there's, there's a lot of promo books. And again, they've been making them since the 60s and 70s, the 50s. Since, since comic books were a thing, there was promo books. Um, you know, one of my favorites that is probably one of the ones that are worth the most is Lucky Fights It Through. It's from what
1: 1949.
0: Is it's a, one. Oh, yeah. Well, this is, this is probably why. Uh, it's a, from 1949. It's a promotional comic. It was given out to educate readers about venereal disease, specifically syphilis. So this is a comic book from the 1950s about syphilis. And wow. it was the first published work by Harvey Kurtzman, who is, you know, publisher of Mad Magazine, EC, yeah, big artist, huge, huge artist. How expensive and, is that book? Yeah, the the highs you're looking at about one to two grand.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, hard, I mean, you can terrible. pick up a beat up copy for about one hundred and ninety to two hundred bucks, but this is a book that's like, wow. This is this is what promotional comics are all about. Like, this is probably given away military bases. This is probably given away. You know, you know, college campuses. Um, but who saves this stuff? Nobody. That's why it's worth so much. Yeah, yeah, we've seen that before.
1: All right, so, so now the next book uh, is the Herb Trimpey cover, which mm. I, might, might be, next to Spider-Man 1, might be tied for the most homages ever.
0: Uh, yeah, probably.
1: It, it's a companion book to Giant Size X-Men number one. Yeah. And it's uh, November of 1974. Really sort of changed comics forever mm-hmm. in ways that are immeasurable because... It led to the franchise, which ultimately became the X-Men franchise, which now Marvel owns from Fox, which is Incredible Hulk number 181. It's the first full appearance of Wolverine. He's on the cover. It's an extremely memorable cover. There are there's actually one 9.9 comic. I I can't even imagine what that would sell for. It's Bill Gates. Gates Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 126 9.8s. You would have thought there would be more than those. Uh, 319 9.6s and 503 9.4s. Wow. 9.8s will set you back about 50,000. 9.6s are going to be 15 to 20,000. And 9.4s are about 3,400. So there is a big drop off, unlike some of the other issues, because it wasn't a low printed book. It's just mm-hmm. very, very hard to uh, get in the high grade because Hulk, yeah. Hulk was a decently published title in terms of their its print run.
0: Yeah, and those were the stamp those are stamp issues in the seventies and in early eighties Marvel had the collector stamps and printed in the comic book that you would cut out and you put in like a stamp album and oh I have all the stamps so that's one of the books I mean I don't know how many copies that came through midtown that didn't have the stamp it was perfectly fine except for the stamp was cut out so it was an incomplete book yeah that's terrible
1: that, that that's heartbreaking so so that book it sort of is, uh, it was on the Mount Rushmore of, of yeah. comic books, right? Definitely. It's one of those Mount Rushmore type books. And, you know, obviously Hugh Jackman embodied the character, you know, to me, Hugh Jackman is is really, he's like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He's, you know, he, he's, you know, he's like Christopher Reeve. He's just one of those actors that so embodied the character that you just can't even think you know, it's going to happen.
0: There's going to be someone else
1: sometime. It's going to happen. Look, it's going to happen. Look, Henry Cavill did an amazing job with Superman. But, you know, when you were a kid and you saw Christopher Reeve play Superman, you Sorry, couldn't Superman. even picture anyone else ever putting on that uniform again. Yeah. You know, the so so it's crazy. So that that book is is the monster, the mother of all books. And then, you know, then you, you have to jump eight years later. Incredible Hulk number 271, mm-hmm. uh, April, uh, May of 1982. First comic book appearance of Rocket Raccoon.
0: Yeah, yeah. First, who, first regular series.
1: Yeah, who up until, you know, Guardians came out, and it was really sort of an obscure character. Definitely. Uh, Bradley Cooper is sort of uh, given life to the character, yeah. which is kind of fun, kind of fun and funny. Uh, there's one 9.9. There's 368, 9.8, so it's not a low pop book, but it's still a $900 book, and obviously they're making Guardians 3, and uh, Rocket is, is, a, is integral to the team. Yeah. And the fact that he's voiced by Bradley Cooper uh, certainly helps a lot. And, yeah, and that provides some co- comic relief in the interactions between uh, Star-Lord yeah. and Thor. Yeah. Right? Gives you a lot of comic relief between that interaction as the well. The best
0: written character, I think, in the Marvel universe is Rocket Raccoon. He gets all the best lines.
1: Well, I, I do like how he sort of played, you know, the referee or whatever you want to call it, between Star-Lord and Thor. His, mm-hmm. The way they created that triangle, that relationship between the three of them was, you know, it looks seamless in the movies, but that's very hard to pull that yeah. off. You know, Rocket's on the team, he's on Star-Lord's team, Thor comes along, you know, he, he gives him all these big compliments, he gives him all the huge compliments, ultimately he winds up leaving with him, yeah. right? But But it is an interesting dynamic when you actually you know, Marvel does a great job of sort of exploring these dynamics, whether it's, you know, in Black Panther, we have brother against brother, Cain versus Abel, right? Which yeah. is the oldest theme in the book. You know, they have a, a very interesting way of using these themes in these films, but they used Thor, Rocket, and Star-Lord to sort of <laughs> do that theme, right? So yeah. that, that was an interesting one. So and and obviously that character is gonna continue to grow. The next one's an interesting one. It's always been a very, very popular book, Alex. Um, Iron Fist number 14 it's the first oh, yeah. Sabretooth. Sabretooth has had many iterations, Lee Schreiber yeah. uh, who, who's great. Um, you know Le- Le- by the way Lee Schreiber interesting note. Um, I watched the the NFL show uh, the the NFL Weekly show on Showtime. You know he narrates that. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Really good. You know the guy who used to do it from NFL Films, you know, that had that that deep yeah. voice that felt he, he passed away years ago, but now they have they've have live Schreiber do it. And uh, you know he obviously played Sabretooth in in, in the Wolverine films. Uh, with in the Wolverine film with Hugh Jackman, so I like Leave.
0: By the way, if yeah, they have a total
1: again, I, I think Leave would be a great Saber Tooth. Yep. Again. Yep. Look, they brought Ryan Reynolds back for 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 Deadpool. Why not bring Leave back? Yep. I mean, he's, and maybe
0: for Green Lantern, supposedly in uh, the the HBO that would Max. Just crazy.
1: <laughs> That'd be crazy. That's crazy. So so that book, there's 176 9.8s, and that's about a twenty five hundred dollar book in nine point eight. Sort of a low pop book. Um, but the Sabretooth character has always been sort of the, the, the foe for Wolverine, right? That's sort yeah. of been the, right. The, and, the, and a
0: character who shows up in another book, like Wolverine was an incredible Hulk. And then had nothing to do with that book in in the later years. He's an X-Men he's dealing with the X-Men he might've crossed again, but I mean, has nothing to do with incredible Hulk. Sabertooth has nothing to do with iron fist. That's a Wolverine and X-Men villain and stays in that, in that series. So and, and Iron Fist, I believe, doesn't last much longer after that, the series. So, you know, towards the end of a run, they're not printing that much. The sales are already slowing down. Right. Hard to find.
1: Yeah. And the next book is an interesting one, uh, played by Terrence Howard in the first film, obviously immortalized by Don Cheadle in the second and third films. And the Avengers films is the, the first full James Rhodes as Iron Man. mm mm-hmm. uh, you know, Iron Man number 170, it's uh, May of 1983. There's one 9.9, there's 114 9.8. It's about a $225 book. You know, Cheadle is, Cheadle is war machine. I mean, yeah. he's James Rhodes. He's, that's who he is. He's Don Cheadle, man. He's the coolest guy in the, in when, when he, when he's in a room, he's the coolest guy in the room. We had him at I, our I show. I don't we he, we we had him at our Seattle show, and there were a lot of cool people in the room. With <laughs> Don in the room, he's the coolest guy in the room. Yeah. that's it. There's no, I mean, he's so relaxed. He's so he's so down to earth. What what a sweet guy. He was awesome. He was great with the fans. The fans loved meeting him. And that character has become a main character. I mean, War Machine is a main character. I mean, that War Machine was very important in those Avengers films.
0: Yep, yep. And that cover's great. The mystery, of the man putting on the helmet, and you don't know who it is. Yeah, great yeah,
1: that's great. So the next book was immortalized first by Sylvester Stallone. And by the way, I loved, loved the Sylvester Stallone version of this film. Uh, Judge Dredd, number one, yeah. November of 1983. It's the first U.S. appearance. Obviously, it was a British character. First U.S. appearance of Judge Dredd. It's only about a $200 book. There's 131 9.8s. The Carl Urban movie did not perform as well. I will tell you my issue with the film, and it was not Carl Urban. Mm. I didn't like the setting of the film. Mm. I felt it felt very claustrophobic to me. Yeah. Um, I felt claustrophobic watching the film. I wanted them to sort of break out and do something. Yeah. And it was very sort of enclosed the whole film. I thought Carl Urban was great as Judge Dredd. I, yeah. I, I didn't have any problem with Carl or his acting. I think the film had issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully they give Judge Dredd another shot because it is a great character. And I think Stallone did an amazing job back in the day on that character. But um, two hundred bucks for the first American appear- uh, appearance sounds sounds pretty cheap, Alex. Yeah, it's a
0: fun. It's a nice looking book. The cover's good. It's a big close up of his face. Like it's it's right? great. Yeah. And again, that character's not going anywhere. That that's a British character that is just as loved over in the UK as Spider Man. Like he's not going anywhere.
1: Right. And then the last book that we're going to close with today. Again, it's this last character almost reminds me of Booster Gold, in that they've talked about it. They think it's going to happen. There's going to be blah 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 blah. Long Shot number one. Yeah, in uh, September of, of 1985, first appearance of Long Shot. It's only about a 200 dollars book. There's 359, 9.8. It's a great Arthur Adams cover. Yeah, it's
0: one of his first major works.
1: Yes, yes, it's the first major works. What? What's, why has Long Shot? Again, I could ask you the same question about Booster Gold. Like, yeah. you know, that's. I'm going to tell you, Alice. That people have been holding on to those long shots for 35 years. Like that was a book when it came out, people like, Oh, I'm holding on to this. I'm putting it in a bag of sleep. Like I remember when those books early on were coming out, like those were books that people were buying back in 1985. Yeah. You know? So why has that character sort of not broken out or, or what's the history of the character? What's going on with that? character?
0: I mean, more people might know mojo the the big giant Jabba the Hut looking creature with with metal legs that's where shot that's where that character comes from Mojo Longshot same kind of universe he was a reality TV star you know he's just extremely lucky um, he plays a lot in the kind of the later run of the Chris Claremont X Men stuff so the the late two hundreds um, you know he's just a fan favorite people like him i like him I mean, he does show up in the cartoon you're gonna do some with him at some point right? i don't see why not i mean the, the only there there's no reason not to he has weird looking fingers he's really lucky that's pretty much it there's an easy way to write him in and, and have him in a movie um but again he's just a big fan favorite and again that book was big because like you said Art adams uh, first major work and Ascenti's first major work who, who went to do a long run of daredevil which is amazing you know, these are, this was a book that had a, hit a lot of keynotes and it's a number one of a mini series. That's also the first appearance of a character who ends up being in the X-Men for a very long time.
1: All right, Alex, it's the end of another fun show, fun episode. And now we know we're going to have at least a part three on this. My goodness. At minimum. At minimum. I, I, I love this memory lane stuff. So thank you again for joining us. If you feel like we missed anything Uh, we're we're through the letter L at this point if you feel like we missed anything leave some comments send us an email we'd love to hear from you out there and we will see you next week Alex same bat time same bat channel thanks everybody bye guys
0: thank you